body of believers, your bride, anointing to minister. It's time to arise. Arise and minister. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. Minister to this one next to you. Minister to this one next to you. Touch their lives. Bless them. Lord, bring us into total unity. Hallelujah. Let's just thank God for it. Just thank Jesus for it. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, are you blessed? Amen. Amen. I felt I got to continue just sharing some things with you. Of course, a different subject today. I want to talk about a fire tested, a faith tested by trials, a test, a, a faith tested by uh, fire. And because we're starting this new year off, and I just felt there was some things in my heart that's been burning that i got to share with you. You know, one of the things, if you're taking notes, if your faith never gets tested by fire, it can never be trusted. And God wants to build a faith within you and I that we can trust, that we can believe that with God all things are possible. And you know, last Sunday, and you see here weekly, people come up here and get saved, and it's so exciting when you see people Get, get faith. You can see people get Jesus. People get saved. But one of the saddest things that happens, especially in a pastor's heart, is when you see people lose faith and people quit. They just give up. They get so discouraged, they just quit. And some people, it takes more to make them quit than others. What I believe that God wants to do, He wants to be able to prepare you to run this year and not quit. And not be overcome by the things that come against you. So we want to talk about this today because it's so easy to get distracted. And we want to start off today with Matthew chapter 13. Starting with verse 18 going to 23. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Does not understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. What is sown in your heart. His word is able to save you. It goes on to say, Thus he is he who has received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now I want to stop right there just for a moment. That stony ground means, listen church, we have to do our part and we have to plow. When I, we lived in Argentina, I would go visit pastors. And I'll go visit members of the church. And they still plow the old-fashioned way with either an ox or a donkey and an old plow. And we lived in the Andes Mountains, so it was all mountainous. And I'll be stand, standing there talking to him. And he'll go a little way. Back up. Pull up a big old rock. And then go a little further. Hit another rock. And it was just a slow, hard job going from rock to rock. But how many of you know he knew? There's no planting around the rocks or he won't get a harvest to feed his family and they'll die. 
So he had to take the time and plow, and that's what prayer is. The Bible says that we plow through prayer, and we plow through reading the scriptures, and we plow by growing closer to the Lord. And so the important, if we're not going to have any stony areas, we got to live a lifestyle where we're plowing, because it says that it falls on stony places, and they hear the word, immediately receive with joy. Or in other words, one way to tell if I have a stony heart is if I get real excited real quick, but then I lose it in a few hours. A lot of times we'll hear something good and it's an emotional high. Oh, that's just what I needed, but it doesn't change your life. I hear that so many times. Oh, pastor, I needed that word. But it, you see them end up quitting anyway. Because it's not just hearing the word and getting excited and enthusiastic about the word. But there has to be the word that is able to go down into my soul and change me from the inside out. Because the harvest starts from the inside. So I've got to get rid of that stony area. I've got to stop living on my emotions and what can stir me up. And just be stirred up because of who he is. And so I've got to get rid of those stones. And, and, and it's not just when I feel like it. He's Jesus all the time. His word is true all the time, whether I feel it or not. And when you can start walking by faith and not by sight, that's when you know the stone has been removed, the stones have been removed, and now the seed has been sown, and now it's growing. Even when you don't feel it and when you don't see it, it doesn't matter. It's been planted, you know it's still growing. But there's the need to have it plow, and we need to pray, Holy Spirit, plow my life, plow my inner life. And then it goes on to say in verse 21, Yet they have no root in themselves, but endures only for a while. Endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on good ground, how many say good ground? Is he is you that hears the word and understands it and understands it and indeed bear fruit. And indeed, Jesus said, who indeed bear fruit and produce some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. I want to talk to you a little bit about faith and I want to talk to you about old school faith. We're going to study somebody in the Bible that the Lord just put three people as an example to this scripture here to make this parable come alive. But there's something I want to show you. Last week, Gail and Daryl... There's Gail. Daryl's not in here. Last week, Gail and Daryl were here, and they brought a friend. David, right? Was it David? They brought a friend from Houston, David. We had prayed for his little boy. He had a little boy, premature, and, and the boy only lived uh, 21 days, I believe. And the little baby passed away. And so I was asking him how they were doing, and he said, you know, I asked him about his wife. He says, well, she's still having a rough time. He says, I have my moments. And we were, this was last Sunday in the foyer. And I was already meditating on this message, and he was telling me the story. I said, well, brother, tell me something. How did you get through that losing your child? And he says, I, I, I went to the Lord, and I was praying, and the Lord reminded me of something that got me through losing my baby. He said, the Lord reminded me when me and my daughter got on a roller coaster when she was real small. And, and, and I remember that when we got on that roller coaster, that as it started moving, my little girl started getting uh, frantic and started crying and started hollering. And so I grabbed her face and I put her face. She was looking around at the sides where uh, the roller coaster was taken off. I grabbed her face and I said, baby, no matter what, just look at me. Don't look on the sides anymore. Just look at me. Baby, if you look at me, we'll make it to the end because we can't get off. So you just look at me in my face. 
And he says, that's what God said for me to do with him. Look, son, look at me. Look at me. Don't, 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 don't look around. Don't look around what pe- this person saying God took them, the per- this person saying the devil's. Don't, don't look around. Just look at me. And this year, church, he is telling you, just, just look at me. Just look at me. Don't look at the economy. Don't look at the numbers of unemployment. Don't look at who's saying what. And, and don't just always be looking. Oh, look at the new law. Because if you notice, I'm not boycotting and sharing things from the government as much as I used to. Because Jesus started dealing with my heart. Preach my word. Because it's easy to start looking here and looking there and take our eyes off of Jesus. And the moment we take our eyes off of Jesus, just like Peter, we begin to sink. So if you're going through something in your life right now, you've got to put your eyes upon Jesus. I want to share this other scripture with you right quick. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded with such a huge crowd of witnesses to, i got it underlined there, the life of faith. Say that with me. The life of faith. Say it again. The life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. Who initiates and perfects our faith because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding the shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Church, listen. If you're going to make it through whatever you're making it through, the Bible says there's spots and blemishes. Everybody has a bad day. You may catch me on a bad day shooting a cat, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> cat stealing my cat food. <laughs> Pumping that pellet gun. And you go, boy, that's a preacher shooting a poor little cat. Well, I love a dog, even though I got two cats anyway. Or you may catch me one day. And I happen to be hitting my steering wheel because I'm behind a slow driver. <laughs> and you go, look at them preach. Look at that preach. Look at my pastor. Just losing it right there in front of everybody. Well, don't put your eyes on me. Because I'm going to have a bad day. You can just ask my wife. They're not as many as they used to be. But once in a while, I'll still have a bad day. And don't look at me holy because I know you've got some. (laughs) I know you've got some bad days sometimes. The Bible says there's spots and blemishes. And let me tell you, this is an awesome church. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But you know what? There's a few spots and blemishes that sometimes you think are erased and they come back. There's a few, yeah, there's a few spots and blemishes. I'm not, I don't know how that sounded, but anyway. If we're going to keep our eyes upon Jesus, you have to take it off of people. 
people's going to let you down. For example, I just don't think I trust church anymore. Did you hear so-and-so's getting a divorce? Did you hear the organist ran away with the preacher again? Well, well I'm not running around with Trey. He ain't my type. <laughs> Did you hear about that priest? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Did you hear what they're doing? Did you hear what this one said? Did you hear what that one said? Listen, people, this, even the word of God, everybody in here, nobody was perfect but Jesus. Listen, it says, we read it, keep your eyes upon the spotless lamb, the perfect one through all eternity. The pastor may hit the steering wheel, but Jesus wouldn't. This one might do this, but Jesus wouldn't. And I'm keeping my eyes upon Jesus. It says, look unto him that endured. And listen, Paul talks about the mysteries. I want to share something with you. One of my boys has a habit. He, he loves to walk in a circle while he eats. You may as well get out of the kitchen because when he's eating cereal or whatever, he walks around in a circle. And you can just tell he's enjoying his food. And he's just walking around in a circle. I like to do that with the word. And when it says put your eyes upon Jesus, a lot of people say, oh, I think about Jesus all the time. But I want to tell you something. When you're going through something, sometimes you just got to just take a walk and meditate upon the mystery of the wounds. Take the wounds of Jesus. I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm just going to meditate upon all the wounds that he took upon his body. I'm going to meditate upon the name of Jesus, the name which is above. I'm going to meditate upon the blood. Oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, teach me the mysteries of the blood. Holy Spirit, teach me the mysteries of the name above all names that was exalted by the Father God. It says, consider him who had so much contradiction and blasphemy against himself. Consider him. I want to just right now, I want to meditate upon the power of his love and his forgiveness because I'm having trouble in this area. So I, I want to get into the mysteries. I want the seed to go deep down into my heart. I want the Holy Spirit to deal with me with some rocks that I've got to get out of my soul so that the seed of the word can get in there. So I'm just going to walk around in the spirit and I'm just going to eat and eat and I'm going to meditate and I want to look into the mystery of the word of God. I, I, I'm just not satisfied satisfied with what I've been taught. I'm just not satisfied with what I just know. Maybe what I just know is just going to get me a 30-fold return. But I want to be able to understand what it's like to get a 60. And bless God, maybe even a 100-fold on the seed of the Word of God that's been sown in my heart. So I'm just going to walk around for a while. And I'm going to spend some time with the author and the perfecter, my champion, Jesus Christ. I'm going to meditate upon His words, the last words He said on the cross. I'm going to meditate upon the area of compassion and love that he had as he walked this earth. I'm just going to spend some time digging into the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's not just the word, but the mysteries in the word that's just going to get a hold of your soul and shake you up and stir you up and things your mind has not known and things your eye has not seen, things that neither has entered into the heart of man to all, all yet are the things that God has prepared for those that love him and love his word. And as you start digging and seeking into those mysteries of God, the mysteries of that agape love that can take all the hurt and ridicule and, and, and defame and everything else that they did to him, 
him and his holy name, him being God. But yet he humbled himself. Oh, wait a minute. The mystery of the humility of the righteous creator. Oh, the need to get alone and pray. That's what prepares our heart and our soul. I never just want to be a person just to study what's already been studied and written. I want to get into the mysteries. I want to know him. I want to know him. Knowing about him will get me killed. But knowing him will cause him to manifest even when I am going through the fire. Knowing about him, well, I will go into a depression and I will change lives and I will change churches and I will change mates. Just knowing about him will not get me a hundred, sixty, or thirty fold understanding. But when I know him and I'm walking in the mystery and the spirit of understanding and wanting to get to know him more and more and more, when I know him, come what may, I'm not going to be moved. And I'm not going to compromise because he is the perfect one. Amen? Now I want to share with you about three guys from old school who I believe is a perfect example of what we're reading here in Matthew. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3. And I know you know all about them, but maybe there's a little bit of mystery to get in there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the names of Babylonian gods. When these three boys got kidnapped, imprisoned, and brought to Babylon, all three of their names were from the name Yahweh, which is the holy name of God. They had Christian names, God. God is this, God is that. And the Babylonians said, you know what? If we're going to get into their heart, we're going to have to get into their mind. So we're going to change their name from Yahweh to put it Buddha, Dalai Lama, and uh, Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> and every time we call them, we'll go, hey, Shirley. She'll, she'll start thinking of what the stars are saying today. We call them Buddha. They'll be thinking about rubbing the belly and see what luck it might bring today. We'll call them by our Babylonian gods so they can start forgetting about their God. And that every time we call the name of our God, they won't think about their God, but they'll start thinking about our God. And the more they think about our God, the less they'll think about their God. And the more the less they think about their God, the less they're going to be able to stand when the things, pressure's coming pretty soon, they're going to be one of us. Now, that's the world system. That's the Babylonian system. I'll call you a sinner. I'll call you a hypocrite. I'll call you a loser. I'll call you a divorcee. I'll call you a drug addict. I'll call you every name in the book. But doesn't mean you've got to answer to it. Just because the world wants to name you something, just because somebody named you something, it doesn't mean it's true. Hey, let me ask you this. Was Abel's offering accepted by God? And was Abel accepted by God? Do you know his name means vanity? But there was nothing vain about him. Just because somebody called you something, just because you've been calling yourself something, it doesn't make it the truth. 
And don't the devil cause you to walk around and make you feel like you're not important. Because let me tell you something. Uh, I'm going ahead of myself, but I just want to share this with you right now. This morning when I got up, the log still had a little bit of fire, a little bit of thing on it. So I started pushing it and I threw some papers on it to see if I could just get a little bit going for the morning. And you know, just that little poking, I can still smell the smoke on me. But when they took the three Hebrew children out of the furnace, the word says that there wasn't even the smell of smoke on them. And they were inside of a furnace that was seven times hotter. And it says they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. And when I wrote that down in my notes, the Holy Spirit says, you tell them that they're going to come out of this. Not even the smell of shame is going to be upon them. Not even the smell of a loser is going to be put upon them. Not even the smell or the reputation. They're not going to better go, ooh, I know where you've been. I know what you've been doing. I know what type of person you are I know where you come from oh I know your background oh I used to see you where I used to be too and I know what type of person you are oh I know that person who started coming to church we used to do drugs together his brother used to sell them and his grandma used to roll them I know that person they said <laughs> they still <laughs> you ain't fooling me with that perfume It says that they came out while the enemy went, meant for evil. They came out of it smelling good. Because there's a fourth man in the fiery furnace and his name is Jesus Christ. And when you know him, he'll be there. If they only knew about him, they would have been cooked. And many times people in the church, Pastor, why didn't it work for me? Because maybe we just don't come to church to know him. And maybe we don't get up every day to know him. Because we've been satisfied. I'm a Christian. I know who God is. Ninety-something percent of America know, believes there's a God. But you couldn't tell by looking at America. Because they know about him, but they don't know, know him. These three guys, they were rooted. Oh, I didn't read this yet. I'm sorry, guys. Y'all bear with me. Daniel 3, 4 through 6. It says, then a herald came aloud, cried aloud. To you it is commanded. The devil always, you're going to hear this word a lot, commanded. Listen, you, you don't have to obey any commands but the word. You don't have to obey anybody. Paul says, go ahead and do something to this body, but you can't touch my soul. It belongs to Jesus. To you it is commanded, O people's nations, language. At the time you hear the sound and it talks about the different things and it says all kinds of music. Say that with me. All kinds of music. You shall fall down and worship the gold image King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be cast immediately. 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 In the fiery furnace. My little brothers and sisters who, who just got saved. Isn't it amazing? You get saved and immediately there's trouble. Is there something you take a stand on something? It seems like immediately there's trouble. You know what? It's because you are a threat to the enemy and the enemy is running scared. I want to tell you, I'm not going to call him Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to call him the Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebuchadnezzar brought these guys into his throne. 
And he thought he was going to change them, and he thought he was going to destroy them, and he thought he was going to have their, his way. But how many know that God was deeper inside of their heart than he could be against their minds? And that's what God is wanting to establish in your minds and your heart, that no matter how much he tries to bring you down, God, there's something inside of you that's going to always lift you up and keep you to endure and stay at it even when you feel like quitting. There is no quitting this year. There is no stopping this year. There is no tripping over the things this year. It says all kind of music. And then it goes on to say in verse 7, it says, So at the time when you hear the, you hear the sounds, all the different types of music, so forth and so on, you fall down in worship, it says in verse 8, Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews hate crimes. They spoke and said, to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made the decree. Just, I mean, just sucking up. When you hear the music, all kinds of music just fall down. Oh, you're the king. Oh, you're the man. You're the one with the answers. And whoever does not fall down in worship shall be cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Here, let me catch you up here. It says in verse 13, Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury. I mean, no, the enemy's going to get mad. You're here today, the enemy's not happy with that at all. And gave command. There, him, there he is, given a command. To bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought them before the king. Verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, It is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the goat image which I have set up. Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound, and he mentions all the instruments again, and worship the image which I have made good, but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I'll give you another chance. You don't sleep with me? We're through. If you don't go out with me where I like to go out, we're through. It says all kind of music. It made me think of, the, the, uh, we got some albums of the old music called The Temptations. He knows how to put on The Temptations. He knows the music of the areas of pleasure and weakness and ego and rejection. He knows all the right music. For the right things that slow us down and trip us up. And he's trying to play that tune to trip you up and to make you fall. But God is able to make you stand. And the devil will tell you, you don't compromise. Look, you're going to lose a good woman. Well, if it takes me disobeying God to go obey her, then I'd rather disobey her and lose her and obey God and gain him. The seed in the word of God has to be so established that there is nothing that you can, no tune you can play that's going to make me disobey the commandments of my God just to keep you. In fact, I want a love that is stronger than death. I want a faith that is stronger than lust. 
I want a strength that is able to stand in the midst of all that the enemy is trying to immediately try to do and cause, cause me to fall and cast me down. I'd rather pay any price I have to pay, even if it costs my life. These three boys were willing to lay their life on the line for a God they knew, just didn't know about. Let's look some more at this. Well, let me ask you this question. Can your faith handle the test? Look at 1 Peter 7, I mean verse 1, 6 through 7, the message translation. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation. How many have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime? Pure gold put in the fire, and I underlined the word, comes out. Right here on my notes. Everything put in the fire comes out. Somebody shout, comes out. Are you going through a fiery trial right now? Let me see your hands. Am I preaching? Okay, I'm only preaching to 10 people. You bunch of liars. I know you're going through something right now. How many of you have been going through something here lately? Okay, that's a little bit better. You're going through something. You got a snotty nose. Raise your hand. Anybody. You're going through something. You're going through something right now. But it says, pure gold put in the fire comes out. Shout out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It says, pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure, genuine faith. Put through this suffering comes out. There it is again. Somebody shout it again. Comes out. You may feel like you're dying. You're wondering, when's it going to come be over? Why am I going through this? You're coming out. Proved genuine. When Jesus wrapped this, wraps this all up, it's your faith. Not your gold that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. A faith tested is a faith that can be trusted. When we're going through things this coming year in the future, until Jesus comes back and we'll always be going through things, your faith has been tested and you wonder, why have I been tested to the degree that I've been tested? It's because your faith has been tested through fire to come out proved genuine faith. That can stand in the midst of circumstances. So can your faith handle the heat? Can your faith handle the heat? Or is it roots on the top of the ground that the sun scorches? Can your, can your, is your seeds deep enough to where the birds cannot uh, steal them? And I got a good question for you right here. Yeah, my faith can handle the heat. How well do you handle unanswered prayer? Your faith can handle the heat? Oh, brother, I got strong faith. Well, how about when God doesn't answer your prayer like you think he should or he doesn't answer it at all and you say, well, that didn't work. I'll try something else. Can your faith handle the heat? Can your faith handle the heat when you suffer and it doesn't seem right, but yet he knows what's best for you? I remember when Cody was just a little boy, he fell and opened up his nose on a nail and it was bleeding so bad, and we rushed him to a hospital, uh, uh, and there was no nurse available. And he was gargling on his blood, and the doctor said, I'm going to have to sew him up, but you're going to have to hold him because we don't have any nurses here. And so I had to hold him down and hold his head and hold his body, and he was squirming and fighting. And I had to hold him while he was gargling. Blood was coming all over, and that uh, doctor had that fish hook looking uh, thing, and he was sewing up his nose and all that while I was holding him. The baby's hurting. He feels like he's dying. He don't know what's going on, but daddy knows what's best, and I know I've got to hold him because the reason he's got good looks today is because I held him whether he cried or not. 
It could be looking like that today. Because he started, Daddy, it hurts. Okay, okay, doctor, stop. But he's going to have a nose like that the rest of his life. I had to hold him. How about when your babies were small and you had to hold them while that doctor stuck that needle in them? Oh, baby, this hurts me like more than it hurts you. You lying, mama. You're hurting me. It ain't hurting you. That pin's not going in your behind. That pin's in my behind. But you held that baby like that while that doctor stuck that needle. That needle looked that long, and you wondered if it was going to come through the other side of that baby. But you held that baby. Why? Because you knew it's the best thing for him. The baby had to trust that mom and daddy knew best. And was it just going to stop because you had to cry through it? Can your faith test? Can your faith stand the test when it hurts? Doesn't make any sense. It's not going your way. It seems to be over. Can your faith stand the test? Because let me tell you something, church. This is something real important. There's a lot of teaching that went on over the last 30 years. We're going to give you the faith to stay out of the fire. Let me tell you something. Most people went through the fire anyway. We don't need a faith to keep us out of the fire. We need a faith to know that God is with us in the fire. We need a faith in the fire. Because it don't matter how many books and how many tapes I've had. It doesn't matter how many conferences I attended. It doesn't matter how many people have anointed me and how many people have blown on me and how many people have prayed for me. I still had to go through the fire. I still had to go through difficulties. I still had to go through problems. And I would have loved, and I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have loved to have Jesus show up on this side of the fire furnace and say, no, they're not going in. But Jesus didn't show up to keep them out. Jesus showed up inside the fiery furnace. And sometimes that's the only way we're going to get to know Jesus is when he manifests himself and sometimes he only manifests himself when we're hurting when we're going through it when everything's coming against us when it seems like our world is falling apart when nothing makes sense to our mind when our heart is broken when it seems like nobody loves me when it seems like nobody cares when it looks like I'm about ready to die when it looks like my marriage is almost over when it looks like I'm going to lose my job when it looks like I can't find my job I'm low what's going to happen God that's the fiery furnace we're God shows up that he didn't show up and it's at that moment it's at that moment you get to know the fourth man in the fiery furnace it's at that moment in the fiery furnace that's where you get to know Jesus when your baby's burning up with fever and you've anointed him and prayed and you go now what I believe you can do you believe I will? Do you believe in me? I know you, God. Do you know me? Do you believe me right now when everything's telling you it's over? In your marriage? For your happiness? For your future? Right now? Do you, do you know I'm right there in that fiery furnace with you? But God, why can't you heal me? My body's hurting. Do you still love me and can you still believe in me even though I haven't healed you today? Are you going to stop believing and stop praying and stop hoping because it hasn't happened yet? When pure gold goes through the fire, it comes out genuine faith. There's Pam, one of my heroes. That's little tiny girl right there 
has gone through so much over two years. The last year, she's gone through so much. Still facing things. Has gone through pain I don't know if I could handle. It's gone through so much. But yet week after week after week after week, she comes in weighing 95 pounds. 90, 85 pounds. And she, you see her here all the time? She comes in here. And sometimes she's walking like this. But you know what? That's the type of person Jesus says that's genuine faith. You could be at home feeling sorry for yourself and wondering how to kill yourself and end it all. You could be going, God, why don't you take me home? But not Pam. Here's Pam and Keith, Sue and Bill, little Gracie. She's 85 pounds and she's walking like this, but she's in church. If our dog lost a tooth, we stay home. If the defroster don't work, we stay home. If the air condition, pastor, pray for me. I'm going through a trial. What you going through? The air condition in my car don't work. I had to roll down the windows today and it messed up my hair. And then here comes Pam. You're smiling. Walking slow. But I'm walking blessed God. And they're saying about doing this and doing that, but I'm not quitting. Because the fourth man is going to arrive. Because Pam knows him, doesn't just know about him. This isn't religion. This is life. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Don't want to compromise our belief system. He knows how to play your music. I'm just going to have to wait because I ran out of paper in this notebook and I had to go to another notebook. So uh, it's noon and some people don't know him, so we got to finish at noon. <laughs> some people just know about him, so we better finish at noon so we don't lose the knowers from the knowing. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, you know, I love you. You see, he, he mentioned the word worship is used ten times in Daniel chapter 3. Ten times. And it talks about all the music and all the instruments because the devil wants to be so loud you can't hear the word of God coming to you. He wants your stomach to be so loud you can't hear the word coming to you. Why is it working for me? i tell you why. You're texting while God's speaking. And so he says, he who hears and understands. You see, I'm almost finished, so now I'll get you mad at me. It says, the sower, Jesus, sows the good seed. Because you've got a future and it's not over. But the ground depends on you. On if you're plowing it, you're turning your cell phone off. You're not texting, you're not drawing cartoons, you're not making a note, you're not uh, doing your schoolwork. You're in church with not the attitude, oh, I know God. God, I need to know you more. 
Even if that guy up there says something I've heard a million all my life, it's still the living word of God. I've heard this word since 1969, and I can't have enough of it. It's alive. I've heard about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and I've even played the plays in the Baptist church in Evangeline. Time and time again, I was one of them three boys, or sometimes I was Nebuchadnezzar. I think one time I might have been the idol. But I still can't help it but shouting that these three boys were ready to lay it all on the line because they knew that their God was going to come through. Amen? So he'll try to, he knows how to make, play the music so loud you can't see, can't hear, can't feel him. But how many know old school faith doesn't bow? Old school faith doesn't give up. They had dreams, they had hopes. Oh, King, the Neba, the Neba said, if you don't bow, you're going to burn. I told Jake, I could just hear that song. It's too late to apologize. It's too late. I mean, when you make up your mind and you go, I'm not going to bow no matter what. I'm not going to bed with you no matter what. I'm not going to drink and party with you no matter what. I'm not going to do them drugs no matter what. I'm not going to have illicit sex no matter what. I'm not going to agree with that lifestyle no matter what. I'm not going to come down on my values no matter what. They're going to go, oh, well, you're going to burn. You're going to lose your tax rights. You're going to lose, lose members. Preaching like that, the church will never grow. Doing that, the church will never grow. Or you're just committing suicide. Coming here to Pineville. Your church will never grow is what I was told time and time again. They'll tell you this and they'll tell you that. But if you bow to what people say, you will burn and you will burn out. But God is not coming back for a burnout body. He's coming out for a body full of the glory, full of the power, full of the might, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to finish this just uh, right now before we before look at anything else and decide i got to tell that too. Uh, again, wait. The important thing is, is the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us this starting this year off. Don't bow and don't burn out. Don't burn out in your worship. Don't burn out in your prayer. Don't burn out from reading the word. Don't get stuck in the routine of just knowing about God and not knowing God. Don't allow the music of the world. Don't allow the temptations of the flesh. Don't allow what people are saying be so loud you can't hear the voice of the master. Each and every one of you have been bought by the blood of Jesus to be a priest. Meditate on the mystery of the veil. Meditate on just the wound of his side when the water and the blood came out. And the water was saying, I'm going to wash you with the washing of my word. And the blood was saying, and I'm going to cleanse you by the power of my blood. Just meditate upon the open wounds. Just meditate. Meditate on the mysteries of who you are in Christ Jesus. And you'll never be the same again. We'll just dim the lights and close our eyes. If you're here today, and this message in no way was to make you feel like, well, I just don't feel I have any faith. Listen, we all need more faith right now. We need more faith right now. We need to grow in faith. We all are not where we're supposed to be, but thank God we're growing. He promised us growth in our faith and in our love and in our submission and obedience to him. But if you're here today and you say, brother, I feel so lost. I feel so needed right now. 
My life doesn't make any sense. I do feel burnt out. I'm tired. You need a fresh encounter with the fourth man who shows up in the furnace of life. You need an encounter with Jesus. You need to invite him with your mouth, with your heart, to come and to save you and to free you from the power of Babylon, that old wicked master that's commanded your life. You need freedom so that you can yield to the commandments of God. That's the only freedom there is in this world. So if that's you and you need a change of lifestyle and you need your life right with God, would you raise your hand right there where you are? Just raise it up and say, pray for me. God bless you, sis. Anyone else? God bless you, sis. God bless you, sis. Anyone else? God bless you, sister. I see your hand over there. Anyone else? Right there, right here. Okay, these right here. Yes, yes. Anyone else today? I need transformation in my life. I need Jesus. I need salvation. Those who raised their hands, and there was every section hands raised, would you come forward and let me pray with you? Those who raised their hands, would you come forward and let us pray with you? Those from this section here. This section, this section. Come and let us pray with you. Christians, believers, be praying. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute, but be praying that these who need to come and make a fresh start, those who need to give their lives over to Christ and surrender to Him, those who need forgiveness of sins, those of us we need to repent and give our lives back over to God, those of us who have been listening to the sound and the command of the enemy, and today we need to hear the voice of the Master. If you're here today and you've never received or accepted Christ in your heart as Lord and Savior, would you come? Come and pray this prayer. Come and give your life to the one who gave his life for you. Come and receive the mystery of God loved us so much that the perfect God, all creator, all powerful God, humbled himself as a baby to be born in a manger. Now God, you, Mary could have had the attitude. God, I don't mind having this baby though it's never been done before and I'm going to go through all this. But couldn't I just have a hotel to have it in? Couldn't there be a place in an inn? Why do I have to have it in a manger, in a stable, in a barn with animals? Couldn't you have provided a place for me? But no, she was willing to have it because that's where Jesus needed to be born because it was to show us. He'll come anywhere he's invited. Any place made for him, he'll come and he'll make his abode and he'll bring us up. If there's anybody else here today, you need to give your life over to Jesus. You need to rededicate your life. Your, rededicate your commitment to him. Come up now and let me pray with you. Let the spirit of God transform you. Anyone else? Anyone else? We're about to pray. You ladies and young man, God bless you, son. Y'all ready to surrender today and recommit yourself to Jesus? Huh? You ready? you just lay your hands upon your heart just repeat this prayer with me say this dear God I come to you today and I ask you for your forgiveness over my life forgive me of my sins errors the wrong disobedience and the rebellion of my heart wash me and cleanse me with your precious blood. Jesus, I believe you died on Calvary 
rose on the third day. And today, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and be my Savior. Into your hands, I commit my life. The old life is finished. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, bless these two daughters of the Most High God, and I thank you for their names in the Lamb's book. I thank you for cleansing and washing. I thank you for freeing and breaking every type of addiction and breaking down any hindrances. I thank you for renewing hope and joy and come against any form of depression, anguish, anxiety. Command it to go, and Lord, cover this young man. Cause his heart to be sensitive before you, to know you. I bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, for my two sisters, I thank you for these two precious souls. I thank you for these lives that belong to you. I thank you for a new beginning. I thank you for hunger. I thank you for transformation and change that only you can do. And so, Father, we surrender and we thank you that we are born again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Now, I want to pray one more prayer, and then we'll dismiss. But also, tonight, we have one of the most awesome men of God that I know, Sergio Scottaglini. He's a revivalist. Such a man of God. He's going to be here tonight. I know a number of you are not used to coming on Sunday night, and I know you got to go to work and get up early, I understand. But if you could make it tonight, you would not be disappointed. We just had a revival for three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And he felt he needed to be here tonight. He's going to be here. And I'll tell you, you will not be disappointed to make the extra push to come tonight. Don't be scared. You, it won't ruin you. But guess what? It probably will. Come tonight and see this man of God and receive from him and his wife, Kathy. And I guarantee you will be blessed. Now, before we dismiss, if you're here right now, just bow your heads one more time. And you say, Pastor, I am tired. I am, I am in the fiery furnace right now. And I'm having trouble believing. I just feel like I'm in the trial of my life and I need encouragement. If that's you, raise your hand right there where you are. Okay, yes. That's okay. That's okay. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You're in the trial of your life. You're in the fiery furnace. And you're saying, oh, I, I love to have faith to believe like that. Just, just raise your hand. There's no condemning. There's no condemning. We want to pray for you. You're hurting. You're needy right now. Uh-huh. Hands are still being raised. I'm in a rough place. Uh-huh. I see. I see. Another, more hands. More hands. Father, you see. Father, you see. I'm in a trial right now. Things may not make sense to you right now. Somebody real close to you might have hurt you. You might have been devastated. If that's you, raise your hand. You're going through a trial. You're being put through the test. Many things about you are getting put to the test right now. And I know you you've saw you're coming out, but you're still in it, and you need encouragement. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now for those of your children that did not escape the furnace, but they're in the furnace. And Lord, they may want to blame themselves. They may think that they have no faith, but Lord, they have faith. That's why they're in the furnace, because of their faith. Because somewhere in life, they've taken a stand. And the enemy, he's, he's furious about it. He wants to try to destroy them because he sees those who are like-minded with Christ, who are willing to suffer with him, to be like him. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you encourage them, you build them up, and you establish them in your precious word and in, through the power of the Spirit. 
that having done all to stand, they are able to stand. And in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that test, the fourth man, Jesus Christ, will astonish the enemy, astonish their family, astonish others involved, and even astonish them that he will appear in the midst of their trial. Encourage their heart. I come against depression. I come against discouragement. I come against guilt. I come against shame. I come against self, uh, blaming their self for what they're going through. I come against that condemnation and guilt in Jesus' name. I thank you right now for encouraging their heart. That they're pleasing unto you. Cover them. And the hardships and the things that are coming against their mind and their spirit. I ask you to cover them and break it off of them. Give them hope in the midst of this. May they see that the price that they're paying. You said in Peter. Was to end up being a trophy of your victory on display. I pray for every one of them right now. That whatever their circumstances are becomes a trophy on display for all the glory and of the power of God that is able to save and transform even to the uttermost. And Lord, we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. And we thank you with all of our heart. In Jesus' precious name. Church, say amen. Amen. Let's give him praise. Let's praise him one more time. Let's praise him. We love you. You may stand. Brother Jake's going to dismiss us. We love you. God bless you. We're praying for you. We love you. Go in victory. Brother Jake. God, we just thank you for this word, God. We thank you, Lord, that you have never left us. You've never forsaken us. You're there, Lord, all the time. We praise you, God. We just give you glory, Lord. We bless your name. I ask you to bless everyone going and coming, God. Be with each one, Lord. Help them get through their trials and their fires, Lord. And we just bless your name in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen. Don't forget we have our prayer needs and prayer requests up here on the platform, on the altar. If you want to grab one before you leave so that you can play over this week.